Go please to the book of uh, 2 Corinthians and the 6th chapter. And then I think we'll be looking at Romans, the 12th chapter. But we start in 2 Corinthians 6. We began some uh, weeks ago on a topic we're calling separated. Separated. In 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter, and we begin reading in the 14th verse. 2 Corinthians 6, 14, it says, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? Now he's asking a question, what's the answer? The answer is none. And what communion has light with darkness? What's the answer? None. What concord has Christ with Belial? That's a name for the devil. None. None. What does the Christ and the devil have in common? Or what part has he that believes with an infidel or an unbeliever? What's the answer? It's the same answer to every one of these. Just to help you out. None. Now if all tests were like this, you could ace them, right? Because (laughs) what's the next answer? Same as the previous five. None. (laughs) What agreement has the temple of God with idols? None. None. For you are the temple of God. Of the living God. This is a great revelation. Both all of us. As the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the head. We're the body. All of us are the temple of God. And then also our individual bodies. Are the temples. Of the Holy Spirit. He said. uh, You are the temple of the living God. As God has said. I will dwell in them. And walk in them. I'll be their God. They shall be my people. Wherefore. Because we're the temple of the living God. And he's in us. Come out. From among them. Them what? Well you got to go back to verse 14. Unbelievers. Unrighteous. Darkness. The devil. Etc. Etc. Come out. From among them and be ye what? Separate. You see where I get the title? Separated. Be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean, and I'll receive you. And will be a father to you, and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So when you're talking about separation, you're talking about holiness. And there is a cleansing that we cannot do. Only the blood can do. But then there is a separation that God doesn't do for us. You see chapter 7 verse 1. 
cleanse yourself. Well, it's not talking about what the, only the blood can do. What, what does it mean? Well, no matter how the Lord may clean you up, you can go get back in the mud. Right? And if you repent, and when I say mud, it's actually worse than that. The filth. But you, you come out and repent, and, and he'll cleanse you a hundred times, a thousand times, but he's not going to make you stop getting in the pig pen. You got to do that. You got to decide, I got no business in the pig pen. Right? Thank God he'll forgive you and cleanse you, even if you get in the pig pen a thousand times, but it's ignorance. It's, it's foolishness. Unwise. Unproductive. So we have to make the choice. We're not going to be involved in the things that God calls unclean. Look in Romans, the 12th chapter. Romans chapter 12, please. Verse 1. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy. Everybody say holy. holy. Now, the word holy, it means a number of things. It means clean. It means separate. It means separated for special use. And God has chosen us, and we are to be separated from all that is ungodly and unclean for His exclusive uses and purposes. The enemy should not be able to use our mouth to speak bad things or our fists to hurt people or our bodies or our money or our resources. You know, when we got this building here, we stood up and dedicated it to the Lord. We said, Lord, we, we know this building's not the temple of the Holy Ghost. We're the temple of the Holy Ghost. The building's not the church. You're the church. We're the church. But this is now your building. And we dedicate it to your uses and your purposes. We don't have hip hop and rock concerts in here for extra money where people are cursing God and railing and doing stupid stuff or rented out for any other thing that's common and defiling. It's his and only his and it's used for his purposes. Well, you agree with that. I see people nodding all over. They go, that's right. That's right. Brother Keith, you better not bring that bunch in here. <laughs> but more than the building, you, me, our, our bodies and our persons are the temples of the Holy Spirit. And it's more important that we not be involved personally, physically than the building. Do you believe that or not? Keep reading here in Romans 12. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Others say your spiritual worship. Instead of saying reasonable service, your worship. Worship 
Uh, well, I, I, I won't get into that. I'll start teaching. Verse 2. <laughs> and be not conformed to this world. Everybody say that out loud. Be not conformed to this world. I want you to say it three more times with me. Be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to this world. But instead of that, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The will of God is findable, knowable, doable. You believe it or not? It is. Now, um, a big distinction I want us to make this morning is when we're talking about separation and holiness, we are not talking about judging other people. We are not talking about finding fault with others or condemning them or judging them. Y'all are too quiet. (laughs) This is not about you trying to get somebody else to do something or stop doing something. This is about us separating ourselves and not allowing ourselves to be conformed to this ungodly world. Because no matter how much we may care about people, we can't control them. It's their choice. Even your own relatives, your own friends, your own children, grandchildren, everybody, you, me, everybody ultimately has to make their own decisions about if they're going to believe on the Lord, if they're going to receive Him, if they're going to follow Him. And when people get to be an adult, you know, if they want your input, you should be ready. You shouldn't be ashamed or intimidated about what you believe. But do not try to force them to change and do not condemn them for what they're doing. And do not judge them for what they're doing. What are you saying? To judge them is to be a hypocrite. And that has turned off so many people. What do you mean? Well, let's say somebody that you know, a good friend or co-worker or family member, close family member, is in some kind of sexual sin. Well, look here how quiet it got. <laughs> they probably already know they shouldn't be doing it. But without raising any hands, wonder how many in this place made some mistakes sexually in times past of their life. Yeah, but that was before I got saved. Still did it. Before you got saved, after you got saved, to come down on them and judge them and act like you never made any mistakes is being such a hypocrite. Come on, can you see that? You know, 
Maybe they've been lying. That's a bad thing. You going to stand there and say, you never in your life told a lie? Any kind of falsehood? Any kind of misrepresentation? Don't be a hypocrite. Which means don't be a judge. Judges are hypocrites and not doers. You can see that in James. You can see that in other places. When we're talking about being separate, we're not talking about acting holier than thou and condemning and judging others about what they're doing or not doing. It's not about you trying to make somebody else do something. It's about what you're doing with yourself. It's about not allowing all the world around you to coerce you and make you conform to what they're doing. I'm pausing for effect. (laughs) This is very important. Don't go out of here and misquote me about this and twist scriptures and things that we've said and try to justify you judging people. I'm trying to make it plain. Trying to make it clear. No. This is about, what does it say? Be not conformed. The understood subject is you. You are not to be conformed to this world. Didn't say go out and police everybody else's actions. <laughs> go out and conform them to what you think is right. No, this is not about them. You dealing with them. This is about you dealing with you. Right? Taking care of you. And in so doing, that will keep you occupied. <laughs> in so doing, You will be a light. You'll be a witness. You'll stand out. And you'll be persecuted. For not conforming. To the ungodly world. But that's part of our call. I said that's part of our call. And that's not about us trying to make somebody else do something. It's about us refusing to be conformed. Say it out loud, I refuse, I refuse to, be to be conformed and be like, and be like this, ungodly world. this ungodly world. Hallelujah. <laughs> Go with me to the book of John. Let's remind ourselves of this. John 7, I want to read a few, few verses. John 7, 7, Jesus' own family did not believe in him before he went to the cross. His own brothers actually made fun of him about some things. This is part of that right here. And verse 7, he said, the world cannot hate you. Because at that time, his own, you know, physical half-brothers were uh, in sync with the world. But me, it hates. Jesus said, the world hates me. Why? Why would the world hate Jesus? Because, he said, I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. He wouldn't tell them that what they were doing was okay. He wouldn't tell them that they were okay. Much of the world 
is religious and likes to imagine that God is whatever they want to make him out to be. Him or her or it. But it's not true. I said it's not true. And that's why people have developed this concept about your truth and my truth instead of the truth. But no, God is who he is and what he is no matter what you think or what you like or don't like. And he doesn't conform to your version of him. Right? And he tells us, learn of me, be like me, please me, don't conform to this ungodly world. Now, why would he say this and why do you keep seeing this? Because there is serious pressure in this world to be conformed. Be conformed. Talk fear and doubt like everybody else. Right? Be accepting of sin and perversion like everybody else. Be, be quiet. Don't bring your God and your religion and Jesus stuff in here. Be quiet. Adapt. Conform. There is serious pressure. And the moment you say, now I'm not trying to judge you, but I can't do that. I won't be doing that. Oh. Oh. You start getting taken off of some lists. <laughs> but the Bible tells us we got to be willing to even go outside the camp and bear the Lord's reproach with him. Is that right? We got to be willing for people to speak bad about us or shun us, separate us from their company in part. We got to be willing to pay that price in order to be connected to him. Because he said, don't be in the middle of all that filth. I'm holy. Be holy like I am holy. He said, I've chosen you. I've separated you for me, for mine, for my uses. Can you say amen? Yeah. And if people, you know, that makes people mad. Oh, you think you're special. Well, actually, I know I am. <laughs> but I'm not trying to talk about that. I'm not the one that said that. He said that. And like we said before, do not, as much as you can, do not let people make it about what you believe and what they believe. Make it about the book. The book. People don't mind arguing with you. But if they have no respect for the word, then there's not much left to say. And again, it's not your job to make them see it. It's not your job to make them conform. It's certainly not your job to condemn and judge. You've failed too. You've made plenty of mistakes on your own. It would be a hypocrisy to come down hard on them about anything. There's bigger issues here than is this a sin or is it not a sin. There's bigger issues even than that. We're going to see them in just a moment. In John 15, verse 18, why did the world hate Jesus? Because he testified of their works that they were evil. <laughs> it didn't matter if it was the Pharisees 
the heads of the synagogue. Is that right? <laughs> Didn't matter who they were. He'd call it. He'd say, no, that's, that's, that's wrong. That's hypocrisy. That's evil. That's, you, you've done away with the word of God so you can keep your traditions, right? And oh, it made them mad. Made them so mad they ultimately killed him. 1518, Jesus said this, if the world hates you, you know it hated me before it hated you. Well, that puts us in good company though, right? If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I've chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Well, you know, nobody wants to be hated. And a lot of folks will do any, almost anything to remain part of the club. <laughs> but there's some clubs you shouldn't want to be a part of. No matter how popular they are. Remember the word that I said to you, the servant's not greater than his Lord. If they've persecuted me, they'll also persecute you. And if they've kept my saying, they'll keep yours also. But all these things will they do to you for my name's sake, because they know not him that sent me. They did that to Jesus because they didn't know God. They didn't recognize him when God is manifested in the flesh, standing in front of them. And verse 22, if I had not come and spoken to them, they had not had sin. But now they have no cloak for their sin. Why? Because he wouldn't call evil good. He wouldn't call wrong right. His word, his light revealed it. Verse 23, he that hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now they've both seen and hated both me and my father. And that's true today. If somebody is really believers doing what the Lord's directing them to do and people hate them, they also hate Jesus. And they hate the father. It's a fact. Sometimes people have said, and I know it sounds good, but it's simply not true. Well, to know God is to love him. It's simply not true. There are people who have heard him and seen him and they don't like what they see. They don't like it. They don't want him. That's what's going on in the whole planet. That's what's going on in this whole thing of mankind on the earth. There will be a harvest out of the population of the planet through all the generations from beginning to the end of those who loved him. And those who didn't will be separated. It's true. Verse 25, but this comes to pass that the word might be fulfilled which is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. Now we'll see as we go further that this hate is connected with loving something else more than loving God. In John 17, look at this as we continue. John 17, 14. He said, Jesus said, I have given them, talking about the, uh, the disciples, he's praying to the Father. Jesus is talking to the Father and says, I've given them, the disciples and others, your word. And the world has hated them because they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. 
Verse 15, keep going. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil. Does this sound like a separation? We we shouldn't keep pushing. I want to see how quick I can get out of here. You'll be out of here very quick. If you live a hundred years, it's nothing. It's a flash. It's a vapor. It's here. It's gone. You don't want to see how quick you can get out of here. You want to find out why you're supposed to be here and accomplish the job before you get out of here. He said, he didn't say, he said, I'm not saying take them out of the world, but keep them from the evil that's in the world. Is there evil in the world? Oh, it's all around us. It's all around us. And there's pressure to conform to it. He said, verse 16, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Verse 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Well, sanctify is the same word. Separate them. Make them holy through what? Again, take everything back to the book. Sanctify them through thy truth. What separates us? From all the other religions. From all the other philosophies. What separates us? The truth. Somebody said I thought Jesus. That's what I said. He is the way. And the truth. Right? His word and thy word. Is true. He's the word made flesh. He's the truth. Manifested in the flesh. But all the other stuff. No matter how flowery it may be, how wise sounding it may be, if it disagrees with the truth of this word, it's a lie. Yea, let God be true, and every man a liar. Right? And the spiritual battle and conflict is to cast down every imagination. Is that right? And everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Anything that contradicts this book of truth, we say we cannot accept it. And if people try to say, well, I, yeah, but I think living like this is okay. We say, well, I, you know, it's not by, about my opinion, but as I understand it, the word says this. And if they don't respect that and they don't like that, your conversation's probably over. Because if they won't hear him, don't be shocked. They don't want to hear what you got to say. Is it your job to condemn them? No. No. You've made serious mistakes yourself. I've never done that. Spiritually, you've done a very similar thing, I assure you. What is sin? Violation of light. You knew to do it, and you didn't do it. You knew you shouldn't do it, and you did it. If you've done that, you've done the same thing they did or doing. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't judge them. Don't condemn them. Not your job. But here's the other part. Don't allow them to pull you into it. Don't allow them or anybody else to pressure you into conformity. Why? No, no. The words, as I understand it, the word says this. So I respect this word. And I'm endeavoring to base my life on this word. This is my standard. And then the person that doesn't agree with it. What position are they in now? 
It's between them and this. Not between you and them. Between them and this. Well, I just think, don't talk that way. You know, when my preacher preach it, don't bring me into it. <laughs> well, my, my church, my, this is the stand my church. Like, no, no, not your opinion, not your preacher, not your church. This yes. truth, yes. sanctify them through thy truth. Not the preacher, not, not the church. Through thy truth. And what's the truth? What's the truth? Thy word. Oh, glory to God. Aren't you glad we've got this word? Because we've got something that is not malleable. Something that is not ever changing and shiftable. We've got something that is eternal. That never changes. Oh, we see, I, I, I've seen denominations in the last few years having major conferences deciding do we go with this or do we agree with this or do we accept that or do we accept that. It should be an easy answer. <laughs> what changed? What cha- Did the Word change? Well, if you weren't based on the Word, you need to get based on the Word. And the great thing about that is you don't have to make changes every few years. You're set. You're done. <laughs> now it won't make you popular. With a changing world. But he does not change. He is the Lord. He changes not. He is Jesus. The same. Yesterday. Today. And forever. He said, he said this world. Is going to pass away. But not my word. Hallelujah. His word will never pass away. Go with me to Timothy, please. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1. Glory be to God. We're talking about being separate. Again, I said, uh, don't get into condemning people or judging people. You know, one of the things Jesus was criticized for? Eating with sinners. You remember that? He didn't act holier than thou. If anybody could have acted holier than thou, it would have been him. He could have said, I can't eat with y'all. Y'all are too sinful. Y'all are too messed up. But (laughs) Jesus got in the middle with them. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees, man, they found fault with it. They, They accused him publicly. And they sent word to his disciples, you know, disgustingly. Your master eats with tax collectors and prostitutes and and sinners. What kind of holy man is he? (laughs) And uh, Jesus said, well, you know, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people need a doctor. They need help. He's not judging them. Nor is he joining them. Can you see this? And that is the challenge. (laughs) Can you be around folks. But not be changed. And become conformed. So. You're not condemning. You're not judging. But you are refusing. To take part in things. That the word says is not right. 
You're refusing to. That's, it's not about what you make them do. You can't make them do. It's about you're controlling you. And your strong stance. Now in uh, Timothy. 2 Timothy 3 verse 1. He said no also. In the last days. Perilous or dangerous times. Shall come. Well we're seeing some of that. For. And this is what makes it dangerous. For men shall be what? Lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, without self-control, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Can you see that? They despise people that are good. Now all this started out with what? They love their self. They love their self more than anything, more than mama and daddy, more than anything else. That's why these, you know, more than the truce that they made, more than anything else. Verse 4, traitors. Why? Because they love their self. Hattie. High-minded. Can you see? This all traces back to that first statement. And here he says it again. Lovers of what? Pleasures. More than lovers of God. I said earlier, it's a bigger issue than is this a sin or is it not a sin? People get embroiled in that. They fuss. They fight. They don't talk for years. Well, I don't think it's a sin. Well, if you... Read the word, and you say, well, I don't think that's what that means. I don't think that's a problem. That's between you and the Lord. But the issue is, if you see from him that he doesn't want you doing it, now you come face to face with a big choice. Who do you love? Is that right? And who do you love more? And if you love pleasure and you love yourself more than you love God, no amount of talking from anybody is going to fix that for you. You with me, friends? Because it's every man or woman's choice. What you love, what you love the most. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. There is temporary pleasure in sin. Don't say it's not. It is. If it wasn't, nobody would want to do it. (laughs) And if part of you really wants to do something that's wrong because of the, the pleasure in it, there's only one thing that'll keep you from doing it. You love Something else, somebody else, more. Oh, come on, can you see that? You love somebody else more, not to say part of you don't want to do it. Everybody's got flesh. Your flesh is the same kind of flesh than before you were born again. And it still wants to do the same stuff. As before you got saved. Don't say it doesn't. I know it does. 
<laughs> your body didn't get born again. Your mind didn't even get recreated. That's why the Bible said don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. And then he talks about keeping your body under control, 1 Corinthians 9. So what's going to help us to say no when part of you is saying yes? <laughs> you love something else more. And in that, you find the strength to resist evil and bad and wrong and not be conformed. Oh, somebody say, not, not conformed. Not, not be conformed to this world. Keep reading. He said, uh, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such Turn away. Again, that, that's people that claim to know God, claim to be, you know, walking with Him, but it's obvious they're not. They're, they're conformed to the world. They're doing just all the same junk the world's doing. From such do what? Turn away. But you have fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, patience, persecutions and afflictions which came to me at Antioch, Iconium at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Why was he getting all this persecution? Why is Paul getting all this persecution? Did Paul get persecuted? Oh my, did he get persecuted. Why? Why? Because he is preaching the truth. The truth. The truth. Right? And the truth separates you from the junk in the world. And the truth will not agree with a lie. And the truth will not tell you that evil is okay. Right? He's preaching the truth. Not trying to condemn anybody, just unwilling to compromise on what the Word says. Unwilling to adapt myself to it. He said, verse 12, yea, and here you and I come in, and all, not just Paul, but all. Come on, say it out loud, not just Paul, but all. All what? All that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall what? Shall suffer now, now, here's the thing. The enemy has really tried to muddy the waters in all this. There is a doctrine, a teaching of suffering in the New Testament. There is. We're not redeemed from all suffering. We are redeemed. Oh, you should know the answer to this. From the curse. <laughs> Tell me you know this. You are redeemed. From the curse of the law. And yet you got all kind of denominations and groups that will tell you suffering disease is suffering for Jesus. Suffering poverty is suffering for Jesus. No, these kind of things are part of the curse of the law from which we've been redeemed from. But that doesn't mean you're redeemed from all suffering. What? 
all that live godly. Now, if you never get persecuted, <laughs> how's your living? Right? Because <laughs> if you live ungodly, the world will leave you alone. Because they see their self. You're part of the club. If you'll agree with them about all their ungodliness and things contrary to the word, you're A-OK with them. But if you will live godly, what will happen? You shall suffer not being sick, not being broke, not being confused. Come on, are you with me? But you will suffer what? Persecution. That's the suffering the scripture is talking about. In first and second Peter and numerous other places. Suffering what? I mean you can be targeted. You can be have abuse heaped on you. Because you won't conform. But that is part of us identifying with Christ. If they didn't like him. I don't want them to like me either. I'm serious. If you don't like him, if you like me, something's wrong. Why? Because if I'm something like him and you don't like him, you're going to see him in me. And you're not going to like me either. If you hate him and you like me, just fine. I must not be acting like him. That's why it says, they that will live godly, like the master, like the Christ. If you act like him, the world's going to go, oh no, oh no, no, you are not being inclusive. You are not being accepting. You're not this, you're not that, you're not the other. Now, if this starts coming your way and you need to respond, tell me what you say. Help me out. Tell me what you say. You say, well, I believe strongly. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Brother Keith, no. (laughs) Faith Life Church, no. What? Come on, help me out. Help me out. Which means you need to know where. You need to know where. Didn't the Bible say that you need to be ready to give an answer of the hope that is in you? Where does this hope come from? Same place the faith comes from. It comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Why are you so strong about that? Do not talk about your dream, your conviction, your opinion, your friends, your services, the meeting, the church. Take it to the book. The book, the truth, is what sanctifies us. And his word is the truth. And make it between them and that truth. If they say, well, I see that, but I don't, I don't read it that way. Well, that's between you and him. Right? But the way I understand it, it said, don't do that. So I'm not going to do that. Well, I think it's okay. Well, 
It's a free country. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Because <Yes, sir. laughs> people will be dishonest about what they see. And they read, but it's you are not the Holy Ghost police. It's not your job <laughs> to condemn. And remember, you have missed it yourself. Right? And there was a time when you didn't say some things. Or at least you claim not to see it. <laughs> he said, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall what? Wax worse and worse doing what? Deceiving and being deceived. If you reject the light and truth long enough, you can actually come to believe the lie. And that's when you are deceived. You are deluded. And there are a number of people, they, they believe lies instead of the word. But that doesn't mean we conform to them. We love them. We care about them. We're not going to join them in things that are wrong. You don't help people by letting them coerce you into things that are wrong. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise you, Lord. We worship you. We praise you. We give you glory. We give you thanks. Oh, we bless you. We praise you. We bless you, Lord. 1 Peter 1.15 in the New Testament. 1 Peter 1.15 says, But as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. 1 Peter 1.16 Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. The scripture tells us to be imitators of God as dear children. And scripture talks about in Ephesians that we are to speaking the truth, that's what sanctifies us, in love may grow up in him, into all things, that we may grow up into the fullness, the full measure of the stature of Christ. What is that? To be just like him. Right? To talk like him. Act like him. Think like him. Respond like him. And when you do that, God's people will love you. And the world will hate you. (laughs) Right? If it hated him, you don't want them liking you. You want to be enough like him that they dislike the same things about you. But even though people like to say, well, well, why can't we just all get along? Why can't we just all, because we're all brothers and sisters, really? Actually, no, we're not. Jesus told some of the most religious people in his day, he said, you're of your father, the devil. Well, if the devil's their father, that's not your brother. You got to be born again. To get in the family. If you've been born again. That's your brother. That's your sister. Regardless of denominational tag. Or or whatever it might be. But if they're not born again. Even if it's a blood relative. They're not your brother. They're not your sister. 
And the key is loving God. In 1 Corinthians 8, go there please, I think we'll close with this. 1 Corinthians 8. Well, this is a little bit different today. The question is, is it truth? That's the big deal. Tell me what the truth will do for you. It'll make unbelievers mad. <laughs> but it'll make you <laughs> free. <laughs> a lot of folks don't want to hear the truth. They do not. First Corinthians 8. And uh, one, he said, as touching things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge does what? Puffs up, but charity, love, edifies or builds up. Knowledge puffs up, love builds up. Verse two, and if any man think that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet. As he ought to know. Another reason not to be condemning or judgmental. You just don't know nearly as much as you think you do. It's a fact. What what most believers know about these things is half a thimble. Compared to what there is to be known about. Thank God for what we've got. But don't go around acting like you know everything. Because you don't. And I don't. Verse 2, but, oh, here's the thing. But it's not who knows everything and who's right about their knowledge and doctrine. But if any man, what? Love God. This is the thing. This is the big thing. Do you know how you can tell somebody that really is born again? Right here. They love God and they love people. They love his people. That's the big deal. Nobody's doctrine is 100% accurate. Yours or mine included. Why? Because we only know in part. And if you only know in part, what does that mean? There's parts. You don't know. (laughs) And it's all those parts, those holes, where you don't know, where you can jump to some wrong conclusions. Make some wrong assumptions and be wrong. So nobody is 100% accurate and right about all of their doctrine and their thinking. And that's not the main thing you should look at. A person's spirit is what you should think about. And check why. Because the real believer is somebody that's been born again. And the love of God has been shed abroad in their heart by the Holy Spirit, and they love God. They love Jesus. They love the Holy Spirit. They love His church. They love His Word. They love His... They don't just want to fight about who's right. They love... Somebody say love, love, love. They love God. And this, again, like we mentioned is the the power to not yield to wrong when most of the world does. If part of you is wanting to do something that's wrong because of the temporary pleasure in it, and most of the world does it, how are you going to not be sucked in? 
Only one thing. You love God? I said, you love God? And if he says don't do it, you love him more than you love mama, daddy, brother, sister, child. You love him more than your own self, than your own flesh. We want to please him more than we want to please them. We want to please him more than we want to please ourselves. See, the ungodly lovers of themselves more than God. Lovers of pleasures more than God. How about us? We love God more than ourselves. We love God. Come on, somebody said, I love God more than myself. I love God more than pleasures. There is power in that. There is strength in that. That's how Jesus, though he was subjected to off-the-chart temptation for 40 days and nights, that's how he didn't give in. He was pulled, he was pushed, he was tempted, but he loved the Father and wanted to please the Father more than any temptation could push him. Can you say amen? amen? You know, Jesus said this. He said, if you love mother or father more than me, you're not worthy of me. If you love son or daughter more than me, you're not worthy of me. I've had people tell me as they were missing God, as they were unhooking from things that they should have been hooked to, well, God gave me, you know, my family. God gave me my spouse. God gave me my kids. And so I've got to gotta take care of them, put them first. God did give you the blessings and people in your life. He did not give them to you to put ahead of him. And you will be faced with situations where you've got to pick him or them. Everybody will. Everybody will. And if you love them and you do care about them, tell me who you're going to pick. Not them. God didn't give you anything. To put ahead of him. Anything. Anybody. To put ahead of him. The ungodly. They love themselves. More than God. Which is why. They're willing to lie. Steal. Compromise. Right and wrong is out the window. Why? Because they love their self. And they just want for their self. They love pleasures. More than God. Why? Then you don't care what's true. Or what's right. You just want what makes you feel good for the moment. You love yourself. But the godly, the separated ones, the holy ones. Am I talking to some of these? The redeemed, the called out ones, the holy ones. That's what saint means. Saint, the saint. All these epistles are written to the saints, to the saints at Rome, to the saints in Colossae, to the saints at Corinth. Well, what about to the saints in Branson? Yeah. To the saints in Sarasota? To the, to the saints? Yeah. Saints? Yeah. Yes, sir. Huh? Yes, sir. That's the holy ones. That's the separated ones. That's the called out for special use ones. What about those ones? What makes them so different? The truth has separated them. The truth sanctifies them. What makes them so different? They don't love their self more than anything else. They love God 
more than anybody else, including mama, daddy, grandpa, grandma, cousin, child, daughter, son, grandson, granddaughter. More than any, somebody say, I love God. I love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I love God more than anyone else, more than anybody else, more than myself, more than pleasures. I love God. Praise God. Glad we got that settled. Stand on your feet. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.